no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the first week of Bears training camp and much, much more. Hey, Dub, what's a good word, my guy? You know, your boy Dub over here feeling pretty good, Chris. Hey, what's new with you? I mean, everybody know that about you. Hey, Dub, you, you, you've never had no worries. <laughs> listen, no, hey, Dub got, got nothing in our problems, but nothing in life is going to add to that shit at all. Nothing. I'm with you, though, friends. I'm with you there, baby. But you know what, man? I was just happy about our Chicago Sky. They pulled off a tough victory today against Connecticut Sun. Prez, I got a chance to really tune into that. So I'm all good, baby. We got a victory. Hey, big time win. All this, we know. You guys came here to listen about Bears training camp. But just one quick second. Hear us out. Big time win. No Candace Parker. Hey, that team's going to they, they gonna, they gonna go back to back. All this, you heard it here first. Your boy Prez predicted the Chicago Sky are going to repeat. WNBA champions 2022. You heard it here. And I co-signed that message. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, Adel, let's get into it. Let's get into this Bears talk, man, because that's what the audience, they've been dying. I, I've had so many people hitting us up in the DMs. They're like, hey, we know you guys are there. You guys been quiet. Of course, because we want you to tune into the show. We want y'all to tune into the show here live. But before we get into my observations, Adel, for the first week of, of Bears training camp, there's a couple things I want to discuss. First of all, I want to get your thoughts on Roquan Smith going on the pup list. So obviously last week, we talked about the fact that A-Dub that, hey, Roquan was going to be a hold in, not a hold out. He reported. Right. He's not practicing. They put him on the pup list. No surprise there. But once you get your thoughts on that situation with Roquan. Very interesting. It seems like it could be calculated move here. He's off the field. He's not really practicing. So to us, it's still a concern there because I don't want this guy having any setbacks like anyone else who may be hurt on this team. Yeah, when, when I saw it, man, I just thought, listen, he showed up. That was the big thing for me. He was on time. Not a distraction there. And seeing him show up on that pup list, I like guys that basically are practicing right now. Well, actually, you know what? On the pup list, A-Dub, it's only Roquan and I believe that uh, Sam Kamara and Dan Krukshank were on those lists. I think Michael Joseph and Tajay Smart on a non-football injury list. I don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to pretend that I know or even understand what the fuck that means. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I ain't going to get into that right there with you, bro. But the one thing I would say, though, is the fact that Roquan is on that pup list, he's eligible to return to the field whenever he or the Bears see fit. I honestly feel like this situation is basically protecting Roquan because he's not going to fucking step foot on that practice field, A-Dub, until he puts ink to a new contract. It's about that contract situation. And this is probably the best way to not cause a huge distraction to the team. Now, I will say this to the audience. Going on the pup list now is a little different than if you, than if you put a player on the pup list during the regular season. Because if you do it during the regular season, that player's got to be out of the lineup for at least four games. So right now, it's fine. 
So the Bears and Roquan are probably still trying to figure this contract situation out. Probably not much to hear for at this point. But, you know, I'm not really too worried about this. I feel like Roquan wants to be here. I know the organization values him. It's just a matter of them fucking ponying up and paying this man what he deserves. And that's what it's about right there, Perez. That money. Let's get the money right, and then we can move forward. Bruh, we've already talked about it. We ain't going to retrace anything on this show, audience. Everyone that listens to this show knows how me and A-Dub feel about Roquan Smith. This guy right here is the heart and soul of this team, one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. Ryan Poles, I have all the faith in the world that he's going to get this thing right. I'm not even worried. Not even worried. Now, if they do something stupid two, three weeks later down the road, and I already told you guys on the show, A-Dub and audience, they messed this thing up. I'm going, I'm a scorched earth, A-Dub. I will fucking let it out on this show. Right now, <laughs> your boy Prez, I'm giving him a chance. I'm giving him a chance to do their job, A-Dub. I really am. Hey, look, I'm with you, Prez. That's why I'm holding my tongue right now. Like, look, it ain't been a long time with this at all. So it's only been a little while, a little short period to where it all came out about this contract thing. So I'm giving it a little time, right? Give it a little time and see what happens there. But right now, I'm not going to panic yet. Now, you talk about panic. Now, when we talk about Tevin Jenkins now, let me ask you about your level of panic there. Because my man's, they say he woke up with something, a little injury situation. He didn't practice at all. I, I didn't see him at all. I was out there looking. I'm like, where's 76? 76, 76. I didn't see him at all. He dumb. The media was like, hey, where's he at? Manny McFloos, we asked questions. Had nothing for us. Hey, dumb, are you worried about one Tevin Jenkins? Yes, I am worried about him, Chris. Because it's like we going back down to this fiasco thing that we went through last season, right? You already know, right? The back injury, how the previous coach, the regime, talked about Tevin Jenkins, how he was going to be fine, all that stuff. And then it turned out right. So I'm wondering, hey, are we going to that same path again? And then, two, I know Tevin Jenkins is a guy who probably wants to start, get some reps in and catch up to speed. But this is another setback right here, Perez. So you're kind of wondering, okay, where is this kid at? Also... The fact that Iberflus is declining to say whether the guy's injured, which I think is a safe assumption at this point, he has to be hurt. The fact that right. they're not really saying anything, it's just it's a lot of shit up in the air. And to your point, A-Dub, we've been there, done that, because we dealt with this shit last year when it came to this kid. And what the hell does it mean working through some things with the trainer? Working through what? <laughs> this is what Iberflus is saying about it. I'm like, I don't know what that really means, but apparently something don't sound good about that statement. Just answer the question. Let us know if is he hurt? Is, is he good? What's going on, Matt? Come on, bro. Because we went through this shit before with the last regime, not answering our questions, being vague and shit. Just tell us. Because you're right. Last year, we were getting all these vague answers when it came to seven. And all of a sudden, we found out, oh, it's the back injury. He's got that surgery. What the hell going on with him now? Because all I know is Larry Bourne is running laps around Tevin Jenkins right now. Ooh-wee. Larry Borden ain't playing no games, but it's also sad to see what's happening with Tevin Jenkins, right? Because I know I was one of those guys who had a lot of high hopes for Tevin Jenkins. Like, oh, this is going to be our left tackle, right? That's my mindset was going first. And then things, of course, is changing with that situation this season. And then you talk about right tackle. Like, okay, well, Larry Borden ain't playing no games. So it's like, okay, is this guy, Tevin Jenkins, going to be the odd man out coming off the bench? <laughs> you know? But, again, it's starting to hurt him, man, going forward, Perez. And it's like, okay. What do we do there? Well, let's just be honest here, man. The, the situation last year with the old regime, 
earmarked him to be left tackle. I said on this very show, A-Dub, I said, I didn't know about it. I thought he was yep. a better fit at right tackle. But then we saw that Larry Borum did a very good job, not only a left tackle, I thought, last season, but I thought, hey, Larry Borum was very solid over there at the right side as well. Agreed. And when we found out the Bears signed Riley Reef, and I'm like, oh, shit, Tevin, he's, <laughs> he's fucked. Because now he's going to have to go battle it up with Larry Borum. And from what we've seen about Larry Borum, Larry Borum, man, he, he got some dog in him. He got some dog in him. So my thing is, he, to me, is the presumed starter. Oh, he's the presumed favorite to win that right tackle spot. And when you right. got a guy that's missing the first week of training camp, hey, man, you ain't doing yourself no favors, bro. No favors at all, Perez. And who to say that's all that's going to be it as far as him missing time? It could be longer than that, Perez. We just don't know. But right now, we're just seeing what Coach is saying right now. But what this thing could seem to drag out, that's going to be a big key factor for all of us. Well, I'll tell you one thing, man. When I'm out there at Hallis Hall tomorrow, I'm going to be looking because the one thing that popped up in my head was I said, okay, maybe Eberflus don't want to give any teams out there any competitive advantage knowing the injury status of his players. Maybe that's why he's being a little bum. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to have my eyes peeled wide open tomorrow, a I promise you. <laughs> that is a guy that we have circled down for sure anyways, one of the guys to look into. And if he ain't playing, he ain't out there, man, getting no reps in, that's just a concern because – you and I said it before, man. Seven Jigs is the year where he has to step his game up anyhow. Dude, he was one of the main guys that, what did I say, heading in the training camp? I said, Tevin, come on now. It's time to step yep. up. And he's got people in the Chicago media over here calling his maturity into question. Listen, I ain't getting into all that. A-Dub, I know you don't get into all that. I'm not going to kick somebody where they're down. I don't know anything about that. The organization hasn't said anything that I've heard pertaining to that. So if there's right. people in Chicago media that are over here trying to kick this man and talk about his maturity levels and this and that, I ain't getting into all that. All I know is, bro, we need you on the practice field. That's all prayers are saying on this show. We need him on the practice field. That's it. That's it, and that's all, Perez, on that practice field. If he cannot do that, that's where the concerns come in for all of us. But you're right, we're not going to get into this question of man, his toughness and all that stuff, his maturity level. That, look, that brings no bells to me at all. I want to know what this kid can do on the field. That's what it's all about, really. But it brings up another point that I've mentioned on this show many times, A-Dub. Ryan Poles did not draft Tevin Jenkins. Right. Ryan Poles does not owe Tevin Jenkins a damn thing. And that is why a guy like Tevin Jenkins has to look at the writing on the wall and realize this new regime, they don't give a fuck, bro. It's either put up Shut up, Tom, around here. <laughs> I'm with you, Perez, because they come in with this non-biased approach that I keep continuing to say, right? They're giving everybody a fair chance. They're looking at everybody, no matter what, how much you make, what your status, where you're drafted that they're giving everybody a fair chance pretty much to show what they're capable of doing. So if you're not there to show anything, you get left behind. And I feel that's my fear, man. My fear is this kid's going to get left behind. And right now, offensive line already is an issue for us because – they were playing musical chairs with people, bouncing people all over the place. Lucas Patrick, he gets hurt, A-dub, broken thumb. And so mm. now it's like, fuck, man. We ain't got time to be losing, guys, especially on the offensive line. And not an offensive line in the Bears system, right? After we went through last year, we wanted to play that. We want to go to a great start. So you're right, Chris. This musical chair thing is not where we're at. We need to see who's going to be there, who's going to be consistent, and roll with it. Listen, we got no timetable. 
with a broken thumb for offensive linemen? Shit. And a center at that? Right. Ugh. Now, they're saying that they think that he should be back before week one, but that's a lot of time that he's going to be missing, bro. Yeah, a lot of time, Fred, he can take into consideration conditioning and all that stuff, right? It's like it's a lot of work that goes into that. So will he truly be ready by the start of week one? All those intangible stuff you got to get done, come to play. Understand the playbook and everything else, be on the same page, your quarterback, all those different things still matter. So that kind of rust, can he come back to bite him? I think with him being a veteran and also the fact that he understands the system because he played in this system last year with the Packers, I think he'll be fine. But for me personally, I worry about the fact that he's not going to be able to get that work in with Justin Fields over the course of training camp. That could yeah. cause some problems there. Well, with Patrick being sidelined, it's opening up opportunities for other people. And the right. one thing that we have seen with this organization or with this new regime is they're not afraid to play the young guys. And now we see the six-round draft pick, Doug Kramer. Now he was getting reps. When I was at practice on Friday, he was working with the first team office. And Doug Kramer, U of I grad, and we talked about him on the draft recap. And A-Dub, I said, the one thing about Doug Kramer, super fucking smart kid. He was making all the calls out there. But the one thing that I saw that he could probably do a little bit of a better job of, and we're going to get into some of my observations a little bit later on. But leverage, that's one of the big things for a center. And Matty Bufus even talked about that as well. He's got to be a little bit better there with his leverage. Other than that, the guy's a very intelligent player. I mean, A.W. and I, we, we've been watching Illinois football, basketball. We cover both of those teams. So we – Doug Kramer's not a stranger to us. We understand his game. We right. know what he brings to the table. But this is a hell of an opportunity for Doug Kramer right now to get some very valuable reps in this system. And the good thing you called out what his opportunity is, this gives him enough time to start to work on that, to try to fine-tune that, Fred. So the good thing for him, he's actually coming to a situation where now he can really thrive and continue to grow. So I hope Doug Kramer can take it all to the next level, Chris. But now here's another question for you now. Last year's center, Sam Mustafer, they moved over to guard. It's kind of interesting to know that they didn't give Sam Mustafer the first crack at that center position. So do you think Sam Mustafer is pretty much locked in at that right guard? I think they want to keep him at the right guard. If you got a guy, keep him there, right, that you know for sure. They might look at Sam Mustafer as that lock right there and say, look, we don't want to compromise this or make it complicated. See, the only reason why I brought that up to you is because the fact that Sam Mustafer did start 17 games in center last season. And he did. He's got rapport with Justin Fields. But maybe he just might be more of an emergency type of backup at the position and not really a, like a, a, a viable option there at, at center. Maybe they're just more silly, like, hey, right guard is your spot. If you don't get the, the, the start job, then you're going to be a backup at right guard and a backup at center. Or maybe a, an emergency backup at center. You know what I mean? Right. Ain't nothing wrong with that either, Perez. He could be a utility guy pretty much. So I think it puts Stan Mustafer in the spot to where, hey, look, you, you can you can come out on top, you know. But again, I'm, I'm with you, Perez. It just shows that they probably want to maintain him there in that position. Let him stay the guard, let him work it out, and hopefully he's that guy that starts that, which he can show to even Foods and the coaching staff. I just think it's interesting that uh, Kramer who's been taking second-team reps at center throughout the offseason, it's just really interesting that he's emerging as that favorite to be that backup in 2022. And yeah. one of the things with Kramer, I think that there's probably a hope within the organization that he'll be able to develop into a starter down the road. You know what I'm saying, A-Dub? 
Yes, sir, Perez. You make a good point about that. Maybe Kramer is better than what most people thought, right? Like, look, it's not about it's not a shocker to you and I of knowing how good he is, but it's like, hey, maybe the coaching staff sees something in Kramer saying, hey, maybe this guy has a lot of potential to offer to, like you said, in the future, be that starter. No, no, and it, it is fair. Now, Sam Musselford did take some sort of reps at uh, practice right. on, on Friday. He did take a couple, but what I'm saying is, is that the Kramer, the rookie, I just noticed I was like, he was out there a lot. So just really interesting to see there. The Kramer's a guy I would not bet against, and he really impressed me from what I saw this week, A-Dub. But it just shows, man, this kid can play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's ready, man. He's making some headways, right? So pretty much what he's showing the coaching staff that, hey, you know, even if I'm not the starter, you got a backup guy for sure, right? And that's what they probably also want to see too, just in case. Lucas Patrick cannot go week one. We got somebody that's ready, who's locked in at the center position, ready to go, ready to continue to develop and work out some kinks. Oh, that's a fair point, A-Dub, because on the mental side of things, as I was mentioning earlier, I think the kids got it. I mean, I saw him out there. He was taking yeah. control. He was making calls. He was doing his thing. It was just more the physical side of the game. I think that he looked like a rookie. And right. <laughs> those are the things that Matty Bufus was talking about. He was talking about his ability to learn leverage. Um, mm -hmm. how to get to the next level of the defense. Those are things that he's going to have to learn, right? Right. Stand on linebackers. Like, that's something that a lot of younger players in the league, they don't really understand that and how that's key to the run game. So now he's kind of like thrown into the fire, you know, when it comes to practice, right, to really try to build it up that you're not talking about. So, Perez, this puts him in, a, to me, I think, a better situation to grow. Not say he's going to be the starter, but say he can grow now. Now it's all eyes on him pretty much at this point. Oh, and, and I agree with that, A-Dub. Now, Artis, before we get out of here, I do want to take some time here to get to the point where you guys want to get our thoughts. My first week observations from training camp at Hallows Hall. Now, there's a lot for me to unpack here, A-Dub, during this section. This section here. So, audience, bear with me. Because we know that the biggest thing that everybody wants to know and hear about is Man, how did Justin look, right? And we've been talking about right. it. We've talked about the development of him being key. True. A lot of people want to know about the rookies, right? Because we've talked about them a shit ton. The offensive line. Right. <laughs> There's so <laughs> much, sir. right? There's so much right now to unpack. The first thing I want to get into with the audience right now is I thought biggest observation for me on the week was the rookies. I thought Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker and Vellis Jones, brother, we got some, we got some guys right there. We got some dogs, man. Now, Gordon and Brisker, you guys already know. Those are our top two selections. AW, you and I talked about these two a ton in the offseason. Yeah. They did they made a lot of good impressions on the team during the spring. But they ain't carried that shit over the training camp, A-Dub. I got to see that shit in person. I was sitting there, man, with a notebook, A-Dub. That's how I nerded out. When I was watching those defensive players, I had certain guys that I was watching, rep in and rep out. And the thing about these two that really impressed me, man, is that they both picked off Justin Fields during team drills on Friday. Right. And I was like, that ain't the first time they've done that because we heard during the offseason they were picking him off. And we know that they're gonna be the we know that they're gonna be the last time because one of the things that, that I saw from my own two eyes is that both of these two are ball hawks, bro. It's crazy. Man, ball hawk, ball magnet, whatever word you want to use for the press is what we're starting to see, man. And, um, 
it's a consistent theme here, right, when it comes to these two guys. So I'm kind of happy for both of them, Chris, that maybe we got it right. We talk about drafting, right? <laughs> we got it right, bro. So I hope these guys continue at this rate. I would love to see Kyler Gordon continue to pick off just the fields, not to throw shade at just the fields that people talk down on the fields. <laughs> the point is, I'm kind of happy for these two rookies, man, that's showing us that, hey, they can take on these challenges, Chris, and hold down the four in their positions. Listen, we know how this works. Offense is going to win some. Defense is going to win some. That's just right. the way it goes. That's the nature of the beast. So, hey, they got they got Justin on Friday. Well, guess what? Justin got that defense back on Saturday because on Saturday, Vellis Jones made that secondary look like little kids out there. I'm talking Ooh. about, bro, I have not seen the Chicago Bears wide receiver have that much, second, uh, that much separation over a defender. And I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> Shit was crazy, bro. That 4.3 speed, no joke, huh? <laughs> bro, no joke. No joke. I'm not even kidding you, A-Dub. When I saw that play, I was like, where's the defender? Shit was stupid. That kid's got some fucking speed, bro. Hey, that's what we need right there, friends. I, I like it, man. I want to hear more about this stuff here when it comes down to Venice Jones, man. But... I, I love this speed. I love the guy. I was worried at first for us. You know the grade I gave him. <laughs> so I want to keep talking about that. But he definitely can prove Dub wrong with the grade I gave him. Listen, the offense as a whole on Saturday, they were they were they were so-so. But I'm telling you, Vellis Jones really impressed me, bro. He caught two deep passes from, from fields. I mean, dude, <laughs> what was an over-the-shoulder catch? That was the one I was talking about that was on Gordon. That was right. the one where I was like, whew. And then he had the one where that 4-3 speed, I was like, boy, he going to be a problem in this league. Oh, yeah. That's problematic, Chris. That's problematic, man. That speed is no joke, man, like you're not talking about. But if he can continue to do that, Chris, and be consistent with it, man, he can make a hell of a lot of noise. True story, brother. Also, one of the other things that I just noticed, and this is something that's not going to be a surprise to anyone that's a listener of this show, but the connection between Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, that's been something I've been watching this week. Now, we talked about the rapport on this show, how they've been working out together. They both have said very kind and, and really awesome things about one another. But right. talk is cheap. I was watching the, those two interacting, the verbal, the nonverbal shit. A-Dub, that shit's there, man. Those two right there, they got a very special connection, bro. On the field, working out together, all that stuff. And it's like, man, that connection is building. That relationship is building. That's what I'm happy to hear from you to talk about. And, I mean, let's be honest here, man. This is Darnell Mooney's first season as the top receiver on this team, right? And right. one of the things that I've noticed in these practices is that, hey, Mooney's getting separation and Fields is fine to him. And that's that chemistry. That's those two working together. That's Justin Fields understanding where Mooney likes the ball. He understands how this kid gets out of his breaks. This is going to be problematic for the NFL this season, and I'm here for it because I'm here for it, A-Dub, because I love every moment of what I've seen so far. And it's early on. Like I said, the offense has kind of struggled a little bit this first week. Right. But Saturday, I saw some signs, subtle signs. You know, they'll be okay. But I'm telling you, these two, Mooney and, and, and Justin, shit. We gonna be all right with them too, bro. Man, the bank is gonna be open, baby. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> hey, I hope so, you say. I hope you say that a lot, bro. That's what we're gonna do, press. And the good thing, like you talked about, press, is the signs we see early on. This continue to grow and carry on, press. We in good shape, baby. We in good shape, man. 
I want us to continue to hear a lot more about this and that connection and their relationship and how it's continuing to evolve and continue to build it. That's what it's all about. Hard work they put in, it's paying off. True. Now, I talked about Kyler Gordon a second ago, and yes, I did audience tell you guys that, hey, Kyler Gordon looks like a ball hawk. Now, he did have, you know, a couple plays there against Vellis Jones, so Vellis Jones got the best of him. But one of the things that I wanted to comment on that is that, that I observed was that Kyler Gordon, A-Dub, he was getting looks on the outside and in the slot. So now, we knew when the Bears drafted him. We all watched the film on him. We saw the highlights. We knew that this kid was versatile. We knew in college that he played on the outside or, and he also played on the inside. So it's not a surprise that now we see the Bears defensive coaching staff now kind of tinkering and letting him play a little bit. And what did, what did Kyler Gordon say this week? He said, I love nickel. I love what I could do there. So now I'm looking at this dual role here and it's making me wonder, A-Dub, what the fuck they going to do with this defense now? Because they're going to have him on the slot. What are we doing outside of that? Like, dude, it's, it's just crazy, like, the type of versatility and the weapons that they have on this defense right now. Chris, not thinking about this part of the game and hearing about him inside, outside, Chris, it makes you think about, okay, if some of these great wide receivers try to bring their asses to the slot, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We may have to make some changes and say, hey, Kyler Gordon, you got him. Don't play the nickel. You know what I'm saying? So it all depends on matchup, Chris. So if you have a guy that, that got that kind of versatility, you can use that and take full advantage of it. Right. Now, I will say this. More than likely, A-Dub, he's probably going to start on the outside opposite of Jalen Johnson. But yeah. I think that he may factor into that nickel role. And I do agree with you. You never know. Hey, maybe he might follow receivers. You know? Right. It don't matter. The, 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 the fact of the matter is that we have a guy here that loves to play that position. And, hey, he may be able to help shut some people down this season. And that's what it's all about right there, Perez, shutting some of these wide receivers down. So, And you talked a lot about this last season, right, even with Jalen Johnson, right? You're like, hey, why don't Jalen Johnson follow some of these guys around and just stay on, on, on some of those top receivers? Well, guess what, Perez? We may have a dude that can do that. <laughs> we just might. So let's see how this continues to grow, see how this kid continues to evolve with it. You say he loved doing it. He talks about doing it. Hey, let's give him a shot at it, Perez, if he, once he continues to grow. Of course, it all can play out in our favor. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point, a -Dub. I want to get into the offense real quick, though. Offensively, look, it's been a little bit of a work in progress. I think that, you know, we're, they're still kind of working out the kinks. But Cole Komet, A-Dub, this, this is a guy that you and I both spoke very highly of during the offseason. Yeah. And, I, and so we talked a lot about Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney's connection. But a lot of people don't talk about the connection that Justin Fields also has with Cole Komet. And – when I was watching Cole commit out there on the practice field this week, I was thinking to myself, man, this kid is so yoked up. And I'm like, I think he's another one that's probably poised for a really big-time season they do. Hey, you and I talked about the tight ends. Remember, friends, about their usage, right? How they can become a big part of this offense. There you go. Commit, right? He can be that guy. The fact that he also spent time with Justin Fields and ATL doing this thing, man, and learning and growing on that chemistry part of it, that helps, man. So, I hope, Perez, it all comes to fruition. So when we see a lot of it on the field, well, I understand it's still early, you know, still training camp and all that stuff. But, man, I'm thinking down the road, Perez, what that might be for us if it all continues to evolve. Well, I mean, let's just think about this. In the Friday's practice, Justin Fields was finding Cole commit down the scene for, the, for very huge games. One of the things you and I talked about how we didn't feel that Cole commit was utilized in the right ways last season was the fact that, he should have been working the seams of the of the uh, of the field. That didn't happen. Facts. 
Facts. Now I'm seeing already in practices where that's how they're utilizing him. He's catching passes on defensive backs. He was out there owning cats on the field. I mean, honestly, on Friday, that was the play of the day for me. And it just kind of shows you how far Justin Fields and Cole Commit have come, you know what I'm saying, since the spring. Because during the spring, we heard, you know, some things here and there. But when I saw that play for myself, I was like, well, shit, man, it seems like these guys have turned the corner with their connection. Yeah, Perez turned the corner connection and in addition to tight end university. So all this stuff is paying off, you know, for Cole Komet. All this knowledge he's been soaking in, building chemistry, and starting to pay off on the field. And I hope that it continues. Yeah, because Cole Komet even told the media afterwards, he said that's a throw that he and Justin have been working on a lot this offseason, they do. And he said it was pretty cool to execute it down the field. So that right there got me really excited to hear that after the fact. Because when I watched it in real time, it was hard, man. When I was writing that in my little notepad, I was like, man, I want to cheer so hard, but I, I can't right now. But that was a nice <laughs> fucking play, bro. Really nice fucking play. Hey, keep that up, Coca, man. We want to see more of that, man. And like I said, man, I think the opportunity is there all season for plays like that to continue to happen. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. It's there. He gets the chance to show, man, what he's capable of doing how he has grown as a player. So that's one thing you and I talked about in general, Perez, is chemistry. And also, don't forget this part, A-Dub, the run game. You heard what Lou Getty said about Cole. He said that he's also been very physical and he's attacked the run game. And I like that because that was something during the spring that we heard a lot from Getty. And when I saw him yeah. out there on the field on third, on, uh, on Friday and Saturday, I said, okay. I was like, Cole last, man, he, he, he's ready. He, he wants to smoke. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, he came in He came in ready, Perez. He coming in showing, like, look, I ain't playing no games. He may be all business this year, Perez. And I think it's, it's an incredible point that you, you brought up about tight end you. That experience being around those top tight ends in the league, man, you can't be around greatness, man, and not pick up a thing or two. Iron sharp as iron, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. That's how it works right there, Perez. And so with that being said, man, I feel like those are the things that he's going to bring back. I feel like he's going to be very dangerous weapon in this offense. And that's one of the things that I'm looking at right now. I know a lot of people talk that shit about our offense. And I know I said it was a work in progress. But, man, we still got some – we got a lot of pieces. We didn't even talk about David Montgomery, bro. This motherfucker is the most underrated player in the damn NFL. I ain't even talked about him yet. It's 32 just does what 32 does. 32 ain't no joke either, Chris. 32 know what he doing back then in backfield, baby. Play no games, man. So I'm happy for 32. I know 32 going to give us all he got. Yeah. Now, the point that I was making, though, about the offense now, we have the right pieces in place. I still think that the offense is still a little bit of a work in progress. A lot of drop passes out there. I mean, a lot. Penalties. But those things can be cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, still early, though, Chris. You know, working through some things, they're going to be fine. But get it out the way now. No, definitely get it out of the way now. But I'll tell you one thing, bro. <laughs> There's some guys right now that are really taking advantage of the opportunities. Equinemi and St. Brown, I'm sure you probably saw all the chatter that was going on about him in, in Twitter. But, hey, Equinemius, man, was out there making a name for himself. And the 707 drills, he had not one, but he had two touchdowns. And he's a guy that I'm looking at like, damn, Equinemius, boy, he, he wants that number two, number three spot. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at your boy Pringle. I'm like, Pringle, where you at, bro? Where you at? <laughs> hey, you better come and get some. That 6'5 out at 6'5 height ain't playing no games, man. 
bro, he's not playing any games out there. And that's what you want to see, though, Perez, from St. Brown, man. Hey, make some noise in that red zone, baby. Show the team that, hey, you can handle it. You can handle the pressure. You can score. That's what we need to do anyway through the regular season, score more in the red zone anyway. That was on Friday's practice. Well, uh, St. Brown, he had three touchdowns. Okay. And, uh, including two during the 11-11 when they do the red zone. Okay. And, uh, he had one of them over Kylie Gordon there on Friday. But the one thing I would just say is, bro, he comes from this damn system because he was with the Packers last year. And having a big body weapon like him in the red zone, man, A-Dub, I think that's going to be cool. And I don't think enough people are giving this kid credit. Because I think a lot of times we was even talking about the wide receivers. He wasn't a name that even you and I were bringing up a lot. We talked Pringle. We talked about Pringle. True. We talked about Fellas Jones. We talked about Moody. But Equinemia St. Brown was like, no, nah, I got y'all. Just wait. Don't sleep on me. Yep, he made a good point. When we had Jimmy Graham, when we used Jimmy Graham effectively, we used him in the red zone for his height, mostly because his height, right? He was a big guy. He's able to catch other people. Uh, hey, they, 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 they didn't use Jimmy Graham like they should have. Jimmy Graham should have 10 touchdowns last year. Matt Nagy was an idiot. <laughs> I agree. I agree about that part of the prayers. They didn't use him right. He should have had more for sure. But I'm looking at St. Brown like he might could be a guy that can step in and get touchdowns because of his height. And, you know, sure. what he can do there. You jump over guys, right? When you got that kind of height, you got to use it for the, for the right reasons, right? And most and most importantly, those kind of, that kind of height comes to play really in that red zone. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a very, very fair point. Now, Fellas Jones, right? One of the other wide receivers. I right. talked about him earlier about that speed, how speed kills. I tell you what, they end up, this kid right here, I know he got a lot of flack during the draft. Everybody was like, why the Bears draft for the 25-year-old what they say, special teams player. Right. <laughs> and you and I told them on this show, I said, look, guys, we know he's not a polished wide receiver. I think I specifically said, view him like you would view a Debo Samuel. This guy's going to be a specialty player for us. Now, we know that this wide receiver room for the Bears is up for grabs. But I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged when I see Equinemius showing you what he can do in the red zone. I'm encouraged when I see Vellas Jones out there sudden our defensive backs and our secondary, showing that speed off, that playmaking ability end up. Because as I mentioned, that Saturday's practice, he was kind of one of the low bright spots because it was a pretty tough day for the offense. But my point is, those deep passes he caught from Justin Fields, boy, they was a thing of fucking beauty. <laughs> and I was going to say this, Vellas Jones has even said, that that coaching staff is throwing a lot at him. He's learning multiple positions in that wide receiver tree. And I don't think they're going to be very scared to put him in any type of situation out there next this season, a Yeah, that's good to hear, friends. And you use that word encouraging. Hey, well, I'm encouraged. It's here. You talk about it. How you talking about it, man? So <laughs> this kid get this education in fast. Quick, he didn't hurry. So the good thing is that he's catching up the speed on a lot of this stuff. So, friends, so therefore – He's prepared, right, for when the time comes. When his, when his number is called, he's ready. So um, it's good to hear all what you're saying about him. And now Justin Fields. Now he's starting. This is his training camp where he's the undisputed starter out there, A-Dub. And I'll tell you this, man. He's really impressed me with his ability to throw that deep ball. This is something that I've been talking to you about since the draft, man, when they drafted him. Man. Yep. That guy, his deep ball accuracy, huh. 
Mercer. We already talked about the chemistry that he has with Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. That's been on full display. But you know what's really impressed me about Justin is seeing it in person has been really cool. His footwork and his release. Now, those are some things last season that a lot of us talked about and said, hey, Justin's got to clean up those mechanics. True. You can tell he puts a lot of he put a lot of work in this in all season to clean those things up. Now, I'm not gonna sit up here and act like everything's been perfect with the kid. But I will say when he does make a mistake, he responds well. Next play mentality. And that's all you can ask for from a young quarterback. That's all you want right there, friends. That next play mentality. It's like, look, okay, I made a mistake there. I'm gonna brush it off. You don't want to get caught up with making those bad mistakes to where it can discourage him and cause him to make more bad plays, right? So brush it off. It's the next play coming. Hand your business there. And this is a kid that shows some poise that, hey, he can take on that challenge. Well, think about this. I talked about that Friday practice when those rookie DBs uh, really, I mean, those rookie, the, those rookies in that secondary, they really fucking impressed me because they picked off Justin twice. But then what did Justin do? He bounced back. Ten straight completions they dubbed when they went seven on seven. So that's Ooh. how you got to do it. Those are the things that you need to see. That is how you want your quarterback to respond. You can't be worried about the picks. You got to come back down and drive us down the field and get the back. And he did. Mental toughness, baby. He got it for his. Hey, look, I'm so that. Hey, look, whatever had happened, I can bounce back quickly and move on. And that's what you want to hear from a quarterback or hear about a quarterback for his bouncing back. So to see him go in those 707 and hit those, what, 10 straight completions, that's dope. No, and, and, I, and I think that's really cool. And, and like I said, it's the leadership. That's all we keep hearing about. But that's something about him that was very clear out there on the practice field. He's got the respect of his teammates. I just love, man, just how, seeing how cool and calm and confident he looks out there, man. He's just like, it's, it's a different feel about Justin this year in training camp than when you and I were out there last year. Yeah, that's good to hear, Perez, because now it's all about Justin Fields. As we, you and I both talked a lot about, it wasn't that way last season, right? Hell, he wasn't supposed to be a, be playing last year, really, based upon how Nagy wanted to, you know, move forward things. But anyhow, he got his shot, and even when he probably wasn't even ready. But knowing that all is invested into Justin Fields this year, training camp, et cetera, Perez, this is what this is what I like, man. And just even hearing you talk about how his footwork improvement and he's showing in that ability of his footwork improvement. That's broke. And I'm just happy for Justin Fields, man, putting in the work and now able to show some of that on the field. Oh, I mean, and, and that's key. Also, too, when you think about this coaching staff, and you saw what I put up on Twitter after that Saturday's practice, I said, Eva Foos just gets it. This coaching staff, man, I was just watching them, and I was just in awe of just how they hold these players accountable. If a guy makes a mistake, he's out of there. Jatire Carter, I saw him, he had a false start. They took his ass out the game, replaced him. <laughs> now, they put him back out there a little bit later on in the series, but what you're seeing is you're seeing accountability. You're letting people know if you make a mistake, you're getting fucking out, pulled out of this goddamn game. That's the way it should be. Exactly. Get used to that. Like, if you screw up, don't be expecting you to be out there and willy-nilly thinking it's okay. It's not acceptable. You got to get better. Yeah. I think that's the best way to teach. There's got to be accountability to when you mess up. And you got guys like Eddie Jackson. You guys got Cody, you got guys like Cody Whitehair, hey, Dub, Khalil Herbert. Right. Every time the media sat down with these guys, the first thing that they do is they talk about the coaching staff and how things are different and heaping praise on the coaching staff. And I love it. Alan Williams, what he's doing with that defense, I love what I saw from there. I love 
how Matt Eberflus was leading the fans into a, a rendition of Bearnell Chicago Bears. I was like, man, he just gets it. Yeah, it feels good to have a coach on the sideline that gets it, Brads. <laughs> I'll tell you, man. So the good thing is that players are seeing what's different this year, and it feels different, and they see how different it is from the coaching staff and what they're doing. So this is all positive to me in my standpoint. Brother, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And it's just a welcome change, the, the bullshit that we had to deal with the last couple of years. We have a level of professionalism and accountability that you, you can't replace. And, I, and like I said, man, I'm just very happy. And I'm just hoping that it's not all lip service. And I really hope that these players understand that this is a different situation, that a lot of them have an opportunity in front of them that maybe they didn't have last year. And I just hope that a lot of guys that get these new opportunities, I hope they take those opportunities and seize them. Learning from things right, Brace, and getting better as a football player. And it looks like even Fools was trying to put some things in place to help these kids continue to grow as football players. Yeah. Now, the last thing, the observation-wise, with Robert Quinn. Now, we talked about him at Lyft during the offseason. We thought, hey, Robert Quinn may want to get up out of here. He might not want to be a part of a rebuild. Robert Quinn, when he spoke to the media, he said his decision to skip mandatory minicamp had, had basically said all it had to do with was taking care of his body and preparing and preparing mentally for the new year. He said he do not want to be traded. And he said the expectation is he's going to be with the Bears this season. But he says that he understands the business side of things. That said, there's always a possibility that he could be traded. So when he said that, he did, what did you think about that? I mean, do you buy what he said as far as – because we never heard directly from Robert Quinn that he wanted to trade. We were hearing this thing through the media. So what do you think there when you hear those words come out of Robert Quinn's mouth? Man, he said all the right things, friends. Until he's on the field and showing us what he's able to do and seeing him being here with us throughout the season, that lets me know how much he want to be here. Other than that, it's all just talk, and he don't want to become a big distraction to the team. So until he's out there doing his thing for us, look, <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I, I, I applaud him for stepping up and saying some words of encouragement to help show that he's not a distraction to the team. But at the end of the day, Perez, we want to see him that field is his production. That's what's about right there. We ain't getting that. We don't see him out there. Don't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I do applaud him because he came in. He don't want to be a distraction, obviously. He's like, look, right. I want to be talking about this shit. I made that decision. I did what I felt like I needed to do for me. I'm here now. So what are we talking about? Right, right. So as of right now, Robert Quinn is a Chicago Bear. And that's for now. Right, that's for now. We're going to leave it at that, friends. He's with us for now. We'll see what happened down the road. Anything, like you said, can happen, right? We don't know. But for now, I'm glad he's moving that distraction from the team. No, facts there. So listen, that's those are my observations from the first week of training camp, A-Dub. I'm just excited, man, that these guys are back on the practice field, brother. I'm looking forward to another week. Audience, A-Dub, and I'll be back at, at Hallis Hall next week. And then the week after, we'll be at Family Fest down at Soldier Field. So we got a lot to keep you guys up to date on. A-Dub, you got anything on the way out, my guy? Hey, man, it's all about living, living good, understanding yourself, growing yourself, and being a blessing to yourself. Hey, not only just a blessing to yourself, but a blessing to others, A-Dub, and I feel that energy. I feel that energy 100%. An audience, we appreciate you. We appreciate you guys and your continued support of our show. We're the Bear Essentials, and we are out.